And I, I think also the usage of the word obstacle as opposed to problem or threat. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a, a negativity that goes along with problem or threat. And there's mm-hmm. almost a self-flagellation or like a pity party that goes along with, right. why, why do I have all these problems? Why do these bad things always happen to me? Right. Whereas when it's an obstacle, guess what, guys? Everybody has obstacles. Yeah. Everybody has to deal with, with these challenges in life. Yeah. Uh, and it's it has little to do with how many obstacles you have because some of us have more obstacles than others. Yeah. But everybody's on an obstacle course right. at the and, end of the day. And the better we plan and the better we train and prepare for, for interfacing and overcoming those obstacles, the better we're going to be for it. Yeah. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. This is episode 38, and we are talking about... Planning retreats. Planning retreats. It's time to go. Or... It's packing our bags. Sometimes you don't retreat, but hopefully you retreat. <laughs> We're talking about planning sessions. And sometimes you retreat and you never come back. That's true. To Hawaii. We're still waiting for that. Can we retreat, retreat to Hawaii and not come back? I think back? it's called retirement. Yeah, we got a little ways. Or absconding. Got a little ways to go before that. Okay. So we're talking about planning retreats. Yeah, or planning sessions. Yeah. Because you don't, again, don't always retreat. Yeah, retreats are preferable. It's true. So part of why we're talking about planning, well, before we get into planning, let's talk about housekeeping. Mm-hmm. So uh, one piece of relevant information is that uh, you've been hearing about the Jetpack cohort, mm-hmm. and we are moving that to January. So, so there are a number of folks who wanted to join us, but basically had a, a bunch of plans that got in the way. So we're postponing that for a handful of key members and we'll be starting in January. So be sure to get your uh, applications in, yeah, talk I'll, to us. Yep. So get those in. I'll maybe update the deadline, but ultimately if it moving to January means now you're able to consider it where you weren't before, then we're happy to have you join us. October 30th, we're having our company uh, all clients on deck Halloween party. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So we're opening our doors and we're going to be having costume contests and haunted VR. Uh, We're going to have treats and candy and and we're going to have pumpkin beer on tap. Yep. It's going to be awesome. We're doing uh, Elysian Night Owl. And we had the kids here last night testing out the haunted house on the VR that mm-hmm. they're going to be running. Super creepy. And both of them, there was much screaming and taking off of the headset. I so, got nixed. Yeah, he, Jason actually died. Yeah. He was killed by what we think was a ghost. I don't think it was a he ghost. He says she was alive. It's just a woman. I feel like she was a ghost. She had blood all over the front of her. Yeah, some women just roll like that. I think she was a ghost. Okay. I think she's definitely a ghost. Anyway. Regardless, so, you can also come yeah. and die by a ghost. In our haunted house. That's right. In the VR. And everybody can watch you. But another really important component before we move on is you need to bring your little kids. So you've got kids or grandkids. Little nieces, little nephews. Whatever. I need to see some little kids in Halloween costumes this year. They don't come to our house anymore. We don't get any trick-or-treaters because everybody's too cool (laughs) for it. I need to see some little kids and like... Preferably some of the age that I can pinch their cheeks. Yep, and haunted house stuff is scary in the VR, but out of the VR, it's a totally different animal. Yeah, won't be scary. We're going to even set up a board game and kind of have some of that stuff. We're going to have candy and treats and all kinds of great stuff. Good stuff. I'm sure some homemade something or other. So housekeeping, anything else there? Mm, I don't think so. I think that covers everything. Okay, let's rock and roll. Let's do it. So why are we talking about planning right now? Well, it's our planning 
retreat period right now where we evaluate our progress over the year and we reassess and basically take our head out of the water Mm -hmm. and figure out are we where we want to be and are we moving in the right direction for for the hopes and dreams of our business are we putting it to work and we'll talk more about this as we get into the episode Mm -hmm. but the truth is People often say, well, we're not big enough to need to do planning. Mm -hmm. We don't need to do planning because we don't have 100 employees. It's just a few of us. But here at Arcade, it's really just the two of us. And we still do planning every year because it's important, regardless of how big your team is, that you're thinking about where you are and where you want to be. A new client we just brought on, they've been in business for 10 years. And it's the sort of thing where you, you open your eyes and look around and somehow it's been 10 years mm-hmm. and you haven't necessarily accomplished what you hope to accomplish. Uh, so making these critical pit stops is, is important to check your navigation and make sure, are we on track? Is this still what we want? Have, have our initial goals changed and, and what can we do to actually get this stuff working? We get into the point where we spend almost all of our time just trying to keep our head above the water. Mm-hmm. And it's really important that even if it's just for a day or two that we catch our breath and look around. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and actually we're in the, in the process of facilitating quite a few folks and organizations, helping them with their planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's important that we practice what we preach and, and go through the same uh, hurdles and, and experience the same challenges to keep ourselves fresh and make sure that, that the service that we're bringing is at the top of our game. Yep. Right? And I think the important thing about having planning every year and having a time that you do planning every year, regardless of when it is, is it's a little bit like uh, performance appraisals yep. where it's not that there's anything magical about that time of year. It's that it's on the calendar. It's marked off. We set that time aside for it to, to know that whatever happens throughout the year, planning will come around again and we will we will look at these things then, even if we're not looking at them throughout the rest of the year. It's almost like your annual doctor's appointment yeah. where you need to just check in every so often and make sure everything is like it should be. Yeah. Uh, so... We already talked about the idea that everybody should be going through planning, even if you're even if you're a company of one or two husband and wife team where a lot of folks start out. uh, It's important that you take the moment to actually pause Mm -hmm. and establish those milestones, establish those mile markers, Mm -hmm. and then we can get moving again. So if you are in the process or over the last few years, you've executed planning and then you've fallen into a rut of you just show up you talk about the same things you talk about the same goals we take the same documents and just tweak them a little bit and pass them right along we see the same people right Mm -hmm. and and it while all of that is great that that you have that comfort level it's important that periodically we shake these things up and and break out of that box to make sure that we're not missing something because getting comfortable can actually be your biggest opponent in business development and growth yep we need to make sure we're asking the right questions uh, and, and always kind of trying to change that point of view a little. And we'll talk a little more about ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes that's why we're brought in specifically is because the angle that we take to most things is kind of off the beaten path mm-hmm. and totally unexpected and typically funny and, and entertaining. But That's the goal. Yeah. But we should be trying to, to bring that into our own organizations, regardless of what we have to do to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. So when we develop a planning 
retreat or session for someone. A program. Mm -hmm. Then what I like to do is we talk in some of our training sessions about the it's the five W's, Jason right? Jason calls them the five W's. I say that they don't count as five W's. This is in our construction writing class. Who, what, where, when, and, and how. how. There's a W in there. It's why is less appropriate. I feel like how is a much clearer question to ask. Mm. Jason says because there's a W at the end, it still counts. But I don't know. That seems sus to me. Anyway, so we want to think about the who, what, where, when, how of our planning retreat. So who's the who in planning? How do we dial that in? Well, so not only is the who, who do we invite? So some companies will invite literally everyone mm -hmm. to planning. Every single person at the organization can come to planning, can contribute their ideas. It doesn't mean that every idea that comes up at planning is gonna happen, but everyone gets a voice. Mm -hmm. Other companies have just the leadership team so that it can be this very focused workspace for the leadership team, or so that they can say stuff that they wouldn't necessarily say with the whole company there. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when we have stuff like companies that are on a little bit shaky ground, we might want to talk about that and not share it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's not so much that there's a right answer as far as who you invite. It's more that you need to think about what you want to accomplish and who you want to invite to accomplish it. Right. What's the, what's the specific team that we need on board to be able to accomplish this overall goal? Yep. So what teams are having challenges? What teams are the most appropriate mm -hmm. uh, to contribute to this topic? And it's not for the purpose of exclusion, but we want to make sure that we get the most benefit out of the retreat. Absolutely. And the second part of this is how do we group up? So sometimes we want to just have one big session where everybody in the company is contributing and talking and solving problems together, uh, or everyone at the planning session anyway. Other times we have groups within the company, so it could make sense to have the accounting department meet up separately from the operations people, or it could make sense to have projects meet up as one group and services as another. It's not that you would have two separate planning sessions or retreats, but we kind of do breakout groups where we have them working on their own problems when we see places where there are problems that are sort of unique and separate and special mm -hmm. to those groups. Right. And it can be good to add different voices to those groups if they're having struggles in trying to solve their problems. Yeah. One of our favorite things to do when we go into a situation where they have groups that are well established, mm -hmm. that tend to meet together, that tend to work together, is to have some part, just an hour or two hours, where we mix everybody up mm -hmm. and put together groups that are not according to those those established groups mm -hmm. so that you've got you know half accounting people and half operations people in each team and then task those teams with coming up with special solutions mm -hmm. and you can get some really interesting new ideas so that. so that's the who so next is what what are we talking about in planning mm -hmm. well so again here there are a lot of things so uh, there can be the perception that planning is just about talking about our mission, our vision, mm -hmm. our values. And if we haven't established those or they're problematic, most certainly we want to spend time on that. And we should have those, mm -hmm. definitely. But we like to to address that in its own completely yeah. separate vein, and that's we do Compass Code and Strategy. And that's its own session, separate from your planning session. Mm -hmm. So at planning, what we tend to look at is what kind of, we want to come out of planning with goals. Mm -hmm. And what those goals look like is kind of what you need to think about when you're setting this up. But so, the things that we tend to go through mm -hmm. is the first part is you want to review what you did last year. 
What did you do? What worked? What didn't work? How did it go? What were our goals then? mm -hmm. If you did a planning last year, then what were the goals you came out of planning with? Mm -hmm. And how did they go? It's great for the teams and the individuals to have accountability in their role for that. So it's not the purpose to to beat people down if they didn't Mm -hmm. achieve their goals. But we should most certainly acknowledge the places that we fell down individually or as a team and discuss what were the specific reasons why that happened Mm -hmm. and and evaluate whether or not we want to continue going after those goals. If Mm -hmm. we do, what is different about this year than last year? Every place where we succeeded at a goal, we don't want to just say, well, we did it. Good job. We want to ask, do we want to up the ante on that? Was that could we could we make that goal bigger? What's the next step? What's the next evolution? What's the next phase of that goal? When we have places we failed and we didn't do what we set out to do, Mm -hmm. uh, do we want to just try again? Mm -hmm. Do we want to rephrase that goal, fix the way that it's it's put together so that it's easier for us to achieve or more likely for us to achieve? Or do we want to drop it all together? It's okay to drop it. Yeah. Sometimes we thought we wanted to do something and it turns out that's not really what we want to do at all. Mm -hmm. So it's important that we're evaluating our performance over that period of time. We don't necessarily want to dwell or live there, but it's important to understand where we've come well, from. Where, so the, and I think, so we're moving into kind of the conversation about some kind of a report card. Mm-hmm. And the thing about that is, so we just got done talking about the past. We talked about the year in review. We talked about what we did all year. And we're about to talk about the future. But before we do that, we want a kind of a pulse point evaluation of where we are right now. Mm -hmm. So this is where people use uh, what they call scorecards. This is where basically you want to have some kind of a way to evaluate how things are right now. What is the temperature right now? Mm -hmm. And this is not just what is our profitability look like or how much do we have in the bank account? This is a measurement of all kinds of things about the business. How happy are we? Mm-hmm. And so if uh, you want some idea of what that could look like, there's in our in our book drive, we have a report card that you can use that you mm-hmm. can run all your business through and kind of answer a bunch of questions that helps you rate where everything is at. The nice thing about some kind of a report card feature is that you can do this every year and then you can look at it year to year and get some real sense, not just, again, not just from a profitability standpoint, but from a rating standpoint, how is our marketing? How is our sales? How are our operations going? How are our people doing? Mm -hmm. All these different questions and you can kind of see how those things are trending from year to year. Are we getting better or not? So it's really useful to do, especially Mm -hmm. a planning. And finally, we're going to talk about the future. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of the, the development piece of planning. It's first step that, that we need to evaluate is what is going to get in our way? What are the problems? What are the challenges that we're going to face? What are we the facing risks. right now? What are the threats? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's going to, if, if something's going to end us in 12 months or five years, what are those things? Because we should always be aware of what those threats are. Absolutely. We don't want to dwell in it and, and make it ruin our day or our life, but we really need to be hyper aware of what are the things that are game enders. Yep. And by identifying those obstacles, that can flow right in then to creating our goals. And I like the the word obstacle as opposed to threat, Mm -hmm. right? As opposed to problem. These are our obstacles. These are the things that we have to go through or over or under or around. It's like if your year at work is Mm -hmm. Ninja Warrior. Oh yeah. Remember Ninja Warrior? Do I? Are you kidding? (laughs) Uh, So Ninja Warrior, if you don't know, is a a TV show where they run through crazy, crazy Mm -hmm. obstacle courses. Or 
American Gladiators minus the Gladiators. There's a new American Gladiator, I think, that's supposed to be out. Just one? No, like a new show. Oh. That's American It's not Gladiator. just one American Gladiator? No, there were a bunch of jokes on the internet about what everybody's names would be. Yeah. Right? Because, like, now with it all the like internet It was, like, Laser speak, and Blaze, and yeah. it's going to be, like, meme and, like, selfie. And lolcat. Is there a selfie? <laughs> lolcat and yeah. selfie. But regardless, the point is, if, if you want to think about it like it's an obstacle course mm-hmm. that you have to run through, mm-hmm. uh, then how are you going to... How are you going to climb the wall? How are you going to hang from the rings? How are you going to do it? And I I think also the usage of the word obstacle as opposed to problem or threat. Mm -hmm. There's kind of a a negativity that goes along with problem or threat. And there's Mm -hmm. almost a self-flagellation or like a pity party that goes along with, why do I have all these problems? Why do these bad things always happen to me? Right. Whereas when it's an obstacle, guess what, guys? Everybody has obstacles. Yeah. Everybody has to deal with, with these challenges in life. Yeah. Uh, and it's it has little to do with how many obstacles you have because some of us have more obstacles than others. Yeah. But everybody's on an obstacle course right. at the and, end of the day. And the better we plan and the better we train and prepare for, for interfacing and overcoming those obstacles, the better we're going to be for it. Yeah. Right. And I would argue that the more obstacles that you have, if you feel like life is particularly heavy, mm-hmm. you will be stronger having got through those obstacles if it, as opposed to if you're a person who never really had any or the the road was paved for you you're going to be uh, you're going to need some challenge in order to be able to mm-hmm. keep with keep up with all the other folks who had to deal with the obstacles yeah. well if you listen to our last couple episodes you'll know we that had some obstacles we had our share of obstacles we still have obstacles and we're also very much aware that we have not had as many obstacles as some other people have yeah absolutely uh, and so what we're doing at, at planning is we're identifying those obstacles and then we're identifying the goals. What are the, the most important pieces? If we could pick just a couple things that we want to achieve over the next year, what are those? Mm-hmm. And it's important that you not become or don't become overly fractured and mm-hmm. don't try to create a hundred goals. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you'll identify 100 goals and none of them will happen. Mm-hmm. Or if any of those do happen, it's just going to be by luck. Yep. Right. Well, the- and so you could identify three goals mm-hmm. and there could be a lot of action items that get you to those goals in different ways. So maybe a goal is, you know what, like I've been looking around and we need to update our equipment. Mm-hmm. Our equipment is just not up with the times. Yeah. So it could be a goal to update our equipment. Within that goal, There's we analyze, might, right? Well, and yeah, and within, budgeting steps. Well, and it could be we want to replace the laptops, mm-hmm. and we're going to replace these tools, yeah. but There's we're not going to replace the trucks, yeah. right? Like there's a, you can have a whole series of pieces inside of that goal, but we want to keep from making too many goals because mm-hmm. then we're just running around trying to catch those. Yeah, could be develop a, a project management process. A lot of folks don't have a, a process that they use to manage projects. I, I like how you slipped that in. We'll probably be talking about that more because Absolutely. that is kind of our next big thing that's coming up. Yeah. But you think I don't plan this stuff? Every minute is planned. <laughs> Everything I say is intentional. I know. That's Easter why I egg. I like the way you slip it in. That's right. No diggity. So if you want to know more about our project management process yeah. module. Yeah. It's coming. Watch for it. Watch for it. Okay, so we talked about the <laughs> That's who. The what? The we who talked about and the what. what. Mm-hmm. We're almost to my favorite one. Which one is your favorite one? It's where? Not this one. No. <laughs> it's not. No. It's not where. Where? Where is a good one? So where? Where is a good one? Because 
it is true that it can be okay to have it at your office if that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. However, it is always better when you can get away. It is yep. always better when you can have a planning retreat over a planning session. Yep. So it's always good if, if you're looking to shake up uh, the status quo and you want your people at their best and you want their best ideas and you want them uh, to shed all of the stress of the day and actually mm-hmm. focus on, on this most important topic yep. of the year. Awake and undistracted. Mm-hmm. What What is the ideal place to facilitate that? And so we suggest someplace offsite that's a little bit nice uh, Some place that's a little bit different. There could be a little bit of travel so that you don't get pulled back into uh, daily life and, and, you know, the garbage man knocked my garbage can over and, yep. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but we want it somewhere off the beaten path a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere that fits the culture of, of the business that we're part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we say overnight. So overnight, yep. that gives you the space and the time to actually disconnect from the grind of the day. Yep. Get away from, from home and all of that stress mm-hmm. too. And it also kind of pulls our teams together in a different way because now we're all at some hotel and we're all going to have dinner together and we're all going to hang out together. Yep. And we also advocate the idea that make it okay to bring families. Yep. So whether it's just spouse or whether and the kids can go stay with grandma, grandpa, mm-hmm. or you bring the kids to but make sure there's a swimming pool there. Yeah. Something that the kids can do while you're working at planning yep. and make it very clear that that you will be working at, mm-hmm. at the planning retreat. Uh, but it suddenly turns this thing um, where mom or dad have to go away for a couple of days mm-hmm. to kind of a mini vacation. Well, and we've been talking and we actually have an episode coming up this month about trade organizations. Yeah. And we've been talking about how one With of the special big- guest star, Wendy Novak. Yeah, we're really excited. It's going to be good. Wendy's going to be a great guest. But one of the challenges that trade organizations are looking at right now is that the way that we interact with our families is changing. Mm-hmm. So where 20, 30 years ago, if dad goes away for the weekend, it's never mom, right? No, it was always dad. Dad goes yeah. away for the weekend for a planning retreat. That just is what it is. Yeah. Whereas more and more we're finding these evening events and these overnight events can be challenging because moms and dads want to go home and be with their kids. Yeah. Culturally, it, it's becoming more the norm that parents spend time with their kids. As mm-hmm. crazy an idea as that is. <laughs> so if you go home and you tell your husband or your wife that you're going away for three I'm days, going away for three days yeah. and you and the kids will be fine. That's one conversation. And now that pulls the family apart and that creates a rift between the family and the company. Mm-hmm. Right. There's this, this sense of, of, uh, loss or, or unfairness. Mm-hmm. And now there's that, that rift forming. Yep. Whereas when you say, uh, go ahead and pack the bags, we're all going to go to Alderbrook for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And there's a pool there and there are grounds there where you can run around and hang out and stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a spa there. Mm-hmm. And basically it's a weekend that they're going to be giving up your time during the day while you're working, mm-hmm. but there's family time and there's getaway time. It changes the entire conversation. And then oftentimes there's an appreciation mm-hmm. from spouses and from kids and family for that, that event and for that company. Yep. And, and then they can come to look forward to it every year. Yeah. And, and let's say that you are paying for everyone's rooms, mm-hmm. which is a whole other conversation of whether you choose to do that. But if you are paying for everyone's rooms, for someone to have their wife and their kid or mm-hmm. kids in their room with them, it's not even a cost mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then arguably, you know, the kids can play with the other kids who are there and mm-hmm. creates this whole other cultural bond. And uh, and if you're looking really to build a, a tight-knit community for your company, 
that's a fantastic way to do it. We've even heard of events where they'll plan a get together or an event for the spouses during the planning mm -hmm. so that there's a room, they, they just have another room and sometimes it'll be something more like knitting circle kind of thing mm. for men and women mm. other times they'll do things like knit uh, one pearl too yeah the one that i heard about was oh dudes knit now like full-on beard and oh, knitting of course it's they thing. they knit you knit beard cozies beard cozies <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah. so there i recently heard of an event where they had uh the spouses went and packed food mm -hmm. for it was I don't remember oh it was for a, a donation purpose yeah it yeah. was like a it was like for uh, hurricane victims or yeah. something along those lines where they go and they're packing bags of mm -hmm. food together so that it's a social event yeah it's doing something good it gives them something to do if they want yeah so we want to make sure that the space that we're in is adequate and appropriate for our goal yeah you don't want to make the the planning retreat space too small or too mm -hmm. tight. Uh, you want to make sure that there's plenty of room and the temperature is good. There could be some windows and what have you. Yeah, you uh, want windows. Mm -hmm. it's, when there are no windows, that's always rough. Yeah, you want to make sure that uh, uh, there are different spaces that you can move to. So if you have breakout activities, if there are cafes or uh, just kind of areas by a fireplace they can meet by or outside. Yeah, a lot of times there'll be lots of like kind of lobby nooks mm -hmm. where different little breakouts can go. Mm -hmm. So it's really good to kind of get eyes on that space and make sure it's going to work out. And that yep. way, if breakout groups is what you want to do, because trying to break out groups in one big room, mm -hmm. you can get kind of competing voices. And I think the last piece with respect to venue is food. So the mm -hmm. last thing in the world that you want are cranky team members. Mm -hmm. So if you think about what happens to a kid when it's been too long since they've eaten, yep. right? If and and you see them turn, their attitude turns, they start to get cranky and and mean and spit at you. I don't know. <laughs> Anybody have teenagers? <laughs> and you say you need to eat. Case you need has to been called out. <laughs> right? You need to eat something, right? And you eat an apple, you eat some crackers, and suddenly you're good. So it's critically important that we just have the food sorted out. Breakfast comes in, snacks come in, yep. lunch is sorted. Nobody yeah. has to think about it. Yes, because that's another thing is often people will say, well, it's fine. We'll order in. Mm -hmm. We'll order lunch or dinner. And then everybody has to figure out what we're ordering mm -hmm. and what does everybody want. Right. And it's we're spending time and energy on that. Food should just show up. The food should flow like wine. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The wine shouldn't flow during the day. Yeah, though, so. No wine during yeah. the day. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, they a lot of what I've been seeing, a lot of the re resorts, mm -hmm. when they bring in their, like, retreat kind of package, yeah. they often do have, like, Red Bull in right. there. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Do you think do you think we should have energy no. drinks? Or do you think that's a No, this thing? is like donuts. I mean, the last thing that you want in the world is to, mm -hmm. to fill people with, like, super amounts of sugar it's because true. they'll crash like 30 minutes later coffee's good though i feel like having but coffee is with good with coffee it's it's a little bit less than than red bull you don't crash the same with yeah. coffee as you do with red bull yeah. That's and fair. then if you have more coffee then you're okay <laughs> well but i mean by that standard you could say if you have red bull and if you have more red bull yeah. you're okay but make sure lots of cold ice water lots of juice those sorts of yeah. things yeah and again the nice thing about if you have the budget to do like a resort is that like i just said they often have packages for this mm -hmm. so that you tell them the raging red bull package They'll, they do usually think I've never seen anything <laughs> called the raging that would be really <sighs> interesting if you had like mountain climbers or something doing a retreat yeah no um, mountain climbers I don't think drink Red Bull I don't know like it feels like it's extreme you know it is but I think I think they <laughs> you think they're they more market, health conscious yeah I think they market Red Bull and energy drinks 
so that like if you want to be that kind of person who climbs yep. mountains, you drink Red Bull. But I don't but think that's true. if you actually climb mountains, you treat your body better yeah, than that. Yeah, you're like drinking like <laughs> like fair. sodium water or whatever. We were, like, just, we were just at an event over the weekend. Uh, it was the pumpkin way off for the Elysian Great Beer Fest or Great Pumpkin Beer yeah, Fest. Pumpkins like twelve hundred pounds. Really cool. Yeah. But they said uh, apparently a study just came out. That said, milk is more healthy for your body than an energy drink. <laughs> and we were like, what? Yeah, I guess they, that really seems legitimate. Yeah. I mean, maybe less so if you're vegan, but points the same. Anyway. Even so. if you're vegan, milk is still better for you than an energy drink. So we talked about uh, the who, the where. So the when is uh, when do you want to hold it? What mm -hmm. is the, the appropriate time? You want to think about seasonality. So it mm -hmm. makes sense that you don't do it in the peak yep. of your, your trade season. Do it season. in your busy season. Yeah. You want to make sure that it's off off to one side a little bit from that peak. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you definitely want it to be long enough that you can get some good work done because there's there's some time that you have to spend just getting comfortable and just disconnecting. Yep. So when Mary and I spent our first week together, uh, we had kids for years and, and effectively no babysitter mm -hmm. here with us. So our kids were probably what, like eight, nine before mm -hmm. we had a whole week together yep. and when they went away to camp. And we had a whole week and it took us roughly three days just to remember how to be together again. Yep. And, and how do people interact that aren't parents? And how do you talk about things that don't have to do with your kids or work? Uh, and so the same sort of disconnect period needs to happen for, for a successful and effective planning retreat where you have to be able to disconnect a little bit, uh, put the cell phone down, try to, try to shut the outside world out as best you can. Let the, the conversation about all the projects kind of mm -hmm. die down because yep. there's going to be a bit of that. Yep. So you have to keep that... Uh, quelled as best you can, but we say two to three days at a minimum is a good duration mm -hmm. uh, for an adequate planning retreat. Mm -hmm. If you if you try to keep it too short and too tight, then you're investing quite a bit of energy and quite a bit of time and money, yep. and you don't necessarily get the best value out of a out of a fast retreat. Yep. Because you just show up and life is still going on; it's raging outside, mm -hmm. and then you go through a couple of hours if it's a one day. And then you leave mm -hmm. and you're back into the into the storm and it never really stopped all day. Yep. So you can't really give it your all. Yep. So what looks ideal for this is if you're going away to a retreat, uh, you can kind of all take it an easy day from work mm -hmm. on the, the, the first day, basically, um, or the, the day before the first day, really. You take an easy day at work, you leave a little early, everybody kind of heads over and meet up, have dinner, get together informally uh, on that first night. And that's not even planning time, but it's time that everybody's kind of moving into planning mode. Mm -hmm. Then you have a whole day of planning, mm -hmm. morning to evening, keep everybody fed, mm -hmm. keep everybody going. And then you have maybe a half a day after that with some kind of activity. So I know uh, ABC likes to do golf mm -hmm. after that. Some kind of team building event. Yeah, that. after that second half a day, they go and they play golf. Yeah. Uh, and that's great because it lets everybody kind of unwind, mm -hmm. kind of um, debrief a little about everything that was said and that happened. And then everybody goes home. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that that, so it's a day and a half of planning, but it's really a three day mm -hmm. cycle of what's happening. Yeah. And I think that's important because it gives that space for you to kind of ramp up and ramp back down. Yeah. And in my perfect world, I always prefer two full days. Sure. Right. With a, with a half day on the end. But uh, 
you, you need enough time. And then we, we recommend that you hold it during the week. So you could hold it over a weekend, but mm-hmm. when you hold it over a weekend, that is their personal time. Mm-hmm. That is their time to, to wind down and rest and recover and get ready for the week. So if, if you hold the retreat over the weekend, that is their resting time. They worked all week. They're going to be less rested for the, the retreat, mm-hmm. and they're going to work all weekend, and then they're going to go right back to working again. Yep. Uh, so the, the quality of that retreat time is going to be diminished a little bit. So during the week is advantageous. Yep. And when there's the feeling that I would otherwise be at work right now, mm-hmm. it feels almost more uh, decadent, more it relaxing. Yeah. Like yeah, it's like a perk. Of, yeah. Instead of being stressed and being at work all day, I'm here doing this kind of big brain work. Yeah. And so the other piece with the when is you want to make sure that you plan ahead. So several months in advance, if not six months in advance, just to land the time and land the venue, make sure that we save the date for for individual folks. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then we also have the the venue locked down. Yep. It's important. Yep. Uh, so the how, I think this is this is my favorite piece. The this how. is yeah, this makes sense. Come on, the not W. Duh. <laughs> so we had uh, who, what, where, when, and how. The five Ws. Yep. So the how, the first part of this is, and and it would be easy for this to look like we're just trying to sell what we do, mm-hmm. but having facilitators at a planning retreat is really important. Mm-hmm. Because the people in your organization, all of the people in your organization, really need to be focused on the the obstacles, the goals, all of the information that's coming and going at that planning session. They need to be focused on that. So, so think about if you have a big family dinner. Uh, you have 20 people over that you haven't seen in a long time, but you are going to be doing all the cooking, mm-hmm. right? You're going to be in the kitchen and you're going to be making all the food, not necessarily with other people, but just by yourself. Yep. And you're going to make sure that everyone is fed. Yeah. You're, you're going to serve all the food. Yeah. You're going to make sure everybody has what they need. They're going to have plates and they're going to have forks and knives and napkins and God damn it, Tommy spilled on the floor and we're going to have <laughs> to get that right. And, and the toilet is plugged up. I'm going to take care of that too. By the end of that event, by the end of that holiday, how much time are you going to really get to spend with those people? How much are you really going to be able to participate in the conversation? Yep. Uh, and maybe for your family event, you'd prefer to be in the kitchen. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it's up to you. But that's not the point. The point is that if you had a facilitator, if you had someone who did the majority of the cooking for you, mm-hmm. who took care of all those ins and outs and made sure that the event was moving the way that it needed to, mm-hmm. you would be able to focus your whole attention. So mm-hmm. essentially, if we don't have a facilitator, what that means is that we don't get to participate. Yep. Whoever whoever, whoever the, the lead is, is facilitating within yep. the company is facilitating instead of participating. Right. So if that's if that's okay with you that you choose not to participate. Fantastic, but facilitators can help free that time and that space up. Yeah. Well, and another part of this is it may seem like the work we do every day is the real work and planning is not really work at all. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, if you get into it and you're really doing planning and you're really reviewing things and thinking about things and strategizing, asking hard questions, it takes a lot. It takes a lot from your brain. Mm-hmm. And when we do training, so much of the work of the training session is just keeping everybody engaged and interested and awake and mm-hmm. moving and recognizing when that energy starts to flag and knowing what the right thing to do is because mm-hmm. sometimes the right thing is a break mm-hmm. sometimes the right thing is a snack mm-hmm. sometimes the right thing is a game sometimes it's stop doing what we're doing we're mm-hmm. just going to stop we're going to break we're going to do something completely different because this is not working so being able to recognize that flow of energy and and help move people through it 
that's what facilitators are good at. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is extremely helpful at something like a planning session to have that help. Because even if you are happy to facilitate, that isn't necessarily what you do all day, all the time, is recognizing the energy of the people around you and knowing what to do about it. It's hippy-dippy bullshit. It is. So that is something that I think having facilitators, it Mm. makes a huge difference. So one of the, the pieces of feedback that we've received over the years is, Uh, People appreciate the work that we do because we have been in the trades, because we get it. And and this has less to do with us in this conversation. Mm -hmm. But if you have someone who facilitates for you, make sure that they understand your work. Make sure they understand your industry, your trade, your your business, Mm -hmm. your organization. Make sure that they understand what you're about and they speak the same language. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the reason that if they come in and they're totally disconnected uh, and they're just facilitating out of a notebook or, or off of a template, um, that's not necessarily the right fit for what you need. You need yep. someone who speaks the language, speaks the lingo, and can connect with the folks who are there. Yep. And when we facilitate, we build a different agenda for every single group. Yeah. They Custom have their agenda. own agenda, their own flow, their mm-hmm. own because... Their own diagnosis. Has, yeah. It has a lot to do with what they're trying to get out of that retreat and yep. then building to to help us get there. Yep. So facilitators can also uh, provide an outside view. So while it's important they understand what you're going through, they're not necessarily living inside of your business. So they don't uh, carry the same baggage with them mm-hmm. and they they aren't conditioned to, to see the same things that you do. Yep. Therefore, they can ask the hard questions. Absolutely. And, and interact with issues. You know, sometimes we come in and are able to help people talk about things that have been really contentious mm-hmm. and difficult to talk about because there's that third party. They, it's it's, it's that emotion. Like, it's like when the two siblings are fighting yep. and then mom and dad get involved and then there are all these pieces of who does mom believe? Who does dad believe? <laughs> right. Who do they like better? Yep. Whereas when you pull in the teacher, all of a sudden it changes the behavior because yep. now all of that stuff's gone. Mm-hmm. So that can be really helpful. Yeah, and managing those contentious relationships can be helpful too. Mm-hmm. If you have a facilitator who does not have the baggage with the individual people, mm-hmm. and they can be that impartial third party just to get to the heart of the problem. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so, with the how, uh, we, we've talked about facilitation long enough. Yep. Uh, with the how, it's important that you make the event fun. Mm-hmm. Make them want to be there. Don't bring all of your your most important folks with you even if it's to a nice resort and talk at them for two days or talk at them for three days. You want to make it interactive. You want to incorporate games. You Mm -hmm. want to have a theme, Mm -hmm. something that's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're looking at doing like a doomsday theme, (laughs) which is kind of macabre. Uh, But have a a specific theme and a feel for what it is that we're trying to do to put people in the right mood for what Mm -hmm. we want to get out of it. Yep, absolutely. And and you want to try to build those games to guide them. Again, this is that piece Mm -hmm. of there is a desired outcome. We want to guide them to that because yep. often we think we just can sit people down and say, okay, guys, figure it out. Mm-hmm. What are your goals? And then it's like blank page syndrome where yep. they have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you start asking the right questions and pulling them in the right direction, mm-hmm. next thing you know, they have more ideas than there's room for. Yeah. And we, uh, for one retreat, we built a, the challenge was getting people more comfortable with social media. And what we did was we built a game, it's a construction game where you have to build a project and it's competitive, you against other teams, 
and and the way that you communicate and play the game is through social media. Mm-hmm. So we had people building things, which is kind of their native language, but they're having to use a different part of their brain, the social media, to be able to play the game. Mm-hmm. But they're focused on winning and playing the construction game, but in the back of their mind, they're learning how to social media, mm-hmm. right? So it's important that you come up with those fun games that, that solve the problem or at least address the problem that you're looking to solve. Yep. But many times you don't necessarily want to come head on at it yep. and, and slam it in their face. Yeah. So you got a boomer mm-hmm. sitting in front of you, yeah. a baby boomer. <laughs> if you sit down and go, let me tell We're you. We're going to play a social media game. Let me teach you how to use LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. He's going to switch off. Yep. He's going to have no interest He's in that done. subject. However, if you give him a chance to beat that team next to him at building by, a school project. By building his school project, yeah. but the who, only who, way the school project is what it's Michael Bar uh, Michael Bolton Steel Bars Steel Apartments. Bars apartments. Yeah. That was your favorite. That was mine. Yeah. So if the way he can win uh-huh. is by finding the components he needs, and he has to use this social media network you set up to get that, now he's going to be figuring it out himself. Oh yeah. Because he wants to win. Yeah. And, he doesn't want to use Joe. social media, but yeah. he wants to win. That's right. And so by by approaching things sometimes from that that side angle, mm-hmm. you can accomplish a lot more. Yeah. And and whatever you build should be bringing those folks together. So you want to bring them together. You want to have them working on common problems, uh, and and making it fun making sure that their brains are turned on mm-hmm. and and they should be laughing right they should be enjoying should be themselves fun. if they're not having fun then we're not necessarily getting what we need out of it yep right so uh, I guess a couple of the last follow-up pieces of the how is that you want to to thank them for participating and giving them uh, giving their time mm-hmm. to this cause and giving their whole uh, whole attention span to it. So it's important that you show your appreciation from the organization. Yep. So having swag is mm-hmm. always really nice. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about like pens. Like, no, this is like, like throwaway like, pens. Yeah, this is like a nice hoodie, mm-hmm. a jacket. A robe. Yeah, that can be great. Right. A like spa a basket. Yeah, like a basket yeah. with a bath stuff in a nice like spa resort can be really cool because then they can use it during the retreat. Yeah, something that they can take with them and they'll appreciate it after. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it will make them think fondly of that time at the retreat and then mm-hmm. they'll look forward to the next one. Yep. And we like to actually do branding for the retreat. We mm-hmm. like to make an actual graphic that is for that retreat. So what the last ABC retreat we did, we did Evolve was their their branding because right. they were trying to make some changes. Mm-hmm. So Evolve and there mm-hmm. was a graphic mm-hmm. and the whole thing then when you see that you remember that event and mm-hmm. so we did not do for that event we didn't do swag with the mm-hmm. graphic but if you have a conference graphic and then you put that on a hoodie or something mm-hmm. then that becomes you know it's almost like the brewery shirts yeah. they'll do a different one every year yeah. and then you're trying to collect all this of is them, like right? the 1996 seahawks yeah. jersey right <laughs> exactly. i've got the ogs you know exactly exactly right but it's important that they they take away skills and tools that they can put to work right away but you mm-hmm. want to make sure that they have something nice that that they can appreciate the event. Yep. And then the biggest part of the how and kind of the biggest part of the whole retreat is making sure that we have an actionable plan that we can use and we can put to work right away. So Monday morning when we get back to work, Mm -hmm. what are we going to do? Who's going to do it? When are we going to check in on how it's going? Those things need to all be on paper 
before or not necessarily on paper, right? Maybe yep. in one note. Yeah. In bef- one note. Before we leave the retreat, before yep. we leave the planning session. So we want to make sure we get that captured and communicated to the team. And and if you ever go to a retreat and nothing comes out of it, specifically, mm-hmm. tangibly, nothing comes out of it, then what did we do? I mean, I guess we had a nice time. We did mm-hmm. some team building, but we didn't necessarily address our threats or our obstacles, and we mm-hmm. didn't necessarily work on our goals. So we didn't we, necessarily change our direction. Right. Uh, okay, so you can find us. You can find us at www.thecriticalpathwithmaryandjason.com. You can find us at arcadewayfinding.com. You can. Uh, you can. We have social media stuff, but I'm not super happy with all that right now. Yeah, so. we're just going to turn that off. We're not turning it off. We're actually going to turn off all social media. We're not China. <laughs> no, like not not just within our borders, but for everybody. We're just turning it off. I mean, it was a failed experiment. Social media went wrong. No, it's social media is fine, and it's just that we're not good. We're just not. We're just too busy to do a good job. At no, it not right just now. us. I'm saying us as a people. You just say no one should yeah, have we social just, media. Let's just unplug it all. It's done. Yeah, it's I mean, over. Fair. Right, failed experiment. <laughs> Fair. You can find us on LinkedIn. Yes. At Jason Sturgeon, Mary Sturgeon, Arcade Wayfinding. You can find us in West Seattle on October 30th for our awesome Halloween bash yes. and costume contest. Yes. And the thing I, I meant to say earlier and I didn't is that it is a client appreciation event. Mm-hmm. And if you've worked with us in any way, mm-hmm. in any fashion, please come. Yeah. And especially if you have little kids with costumes that I can pinch their little cheeks. Yeah. But also, if you've never worked with us before, mm-hmm. if you want to know more about what we're all about and you want to come and meet us, please do. Come check it out. Everyone is welcome. Yeah, that's one of our, our most fun events. And we also found out that our building engineer today is retiring yeah. after like a billion years of, of taking care He's of this building. the best building engineer in Seattle. So if you want to send him off, feel free to come out yeah. and thank him for all of his years of service. He probably won't be here. Oh. He will. You think he's leaving after the party? Yeah, I think he's leaving after his party. Okay, well, we'll make him stay. <laughs> he's leaving. He likes to go home, you know? Let's see if we can get him dressed up in something. <laughs> Not going <laughs> to happen. Maybe Freddie Mercury. Not going to happen. We might be able to get Gwen to dress up. Okay. But Paul, mm-hmm. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, are we out of here? Um, got to get to planning. We got to get to planning, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, so watch for it. Watch for it. I had a, well, I went to a Lee Scratcher Lewis planning retreat mm-hmm. and there was a contest, uh, part of a, one of the activities that we had and you had to come up with the single word that was the most important thing to business. Okay. And it was like a hundred dollar prize and one of the judges was the CFO uh, for the company mm-hmm. and um, the question was what is the single most important thing about running a business mm-hmm. and mine was cash flow. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, and you had to write a little blurb about it. And I said, uh, uh, cash flow is the lifeblood of a business. Mm-hmm. And without cash flow, you're just a rotting corpse. Oof. Oof. That's a lot. I knew that one of the judges was a CFO. Mm-hmm. And I won the 100 bucks. <laughs> nice. Right? That's a good, like, Halloween-themed Ooh. answer. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was dark. But it's true, <laughs> right? If you don't have cash flow... Yeah. You're done. It's true. And it's it's oftentimes less to do with cash or less to do with revenue, profit, mm-hmm. and more to do with with the access to cash. It's true. So then when you were playing the haunted house VR game, mm-hmm. 
and oh, got killed yeah. by the non-ghost or maybe ghost. Yeah. She had cash flow all over the front of herself. That's exactly what it was. It was cash smeared. <laughs> yeah. I was killed by cash flow. You were killed. That's actually your band name. Killed by cash killed flow. Killed by cash flow. That's pretty good. <laughs> I feel like it's a, a, a Russian band. Killed by cash flow. Yeah, that like makes sense. Like right? kind of like metally kind of yeah. like a berserker. Right. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good time. Yeah, or Ill Mitch. This is our Ill Mitch section of the. Uh, oh, go, Ill Mitch. Go Google Ill Mitch. He he uh, is a is a was a maybe may not be a Russian skateboard rapper <laughs> from the nineties. Yeah, that was a whole thing. Yeah, go check it out. Ill Mitch punch while rap. You'll thank us good. for it. It's pretty good. And the best part is that like, we listened to that before we had kids and thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And now our kids think it's hilarious still. And he has like a, he's on Spotify. A new album. And he's on Instagram. It has like 3,000 listens or something. Yeah. 3,000 whole listens. <laughs> right. Yeah. Become part of the, uh, what, non-mainstream movement, yeah, right? Yeah, spread team. Join the spread team. <laughs> Il Mitch. Il Mitch. Yeah. 